here, here's where I want to start. Actually, before honor, I'm not avoiding. I'm not avoiding it. Um, but I will say it's it's May first. It is it is a special month for the Asian community right now. Um, so I just want to say, you know, happy Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, everybody. This is our. Yeah. You know, this is literally the always the. One of the first streams of the month for Asians represent. So I'm really happy that we get to do this together. Uh, what we're going to do is this month we're going to take all of our earnings from Twitch uh, and we're going to donate it to a charity at the at, at the end of the month. We've got a couple of things planned. This group, we're going to be doing <laughs> something later this month. We haven't announced it yet on social media, um, but we are going to make Fish in the Fog a reality. Um, it is going to be a real thing. We're going to do a D&D 5e one-shot set set in Caratour. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> well, sort of. Well, sort of. In Caratour. It's sort of set in Caratour. <laughs> our, our plan is to basically, um, for it to be, you know, like satire. And it's, entertainment. It's, yeah, it's it's gonna be like wholesome, absurd. Yeah, wholesome absurdity. Like it, it's almost yeah. in the style of like how Hot Fuzz, like parodies, uh, action movie. Action. Movie oh stuff. yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a mm-hmm. great analogy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in this... the sense that it's like it's it's like celebrating some of the best potential, but also developing a lot of like dropping a lot of social critique i don't know if we're gonna cover the best potential especially with what we picked i think it's more likely to just be silly i mean i think the best potential is just a bunch of people coming out every day to stare at wa and let them know that you know oh no to stare at yeah to stare at wa Japan. And, just like, and just be like we see you when i when i when i was talking to the company that we're going to be doing this with they were like Wait, that's how you want to open the adventure with? And I was like, yeah, it's in the book. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so I'm, I'm super excited because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of the coolest things. If we could pull it off, I think it's going to be one of the coolest things that we've ever done. It's certainly going to be one of the coolest things I've ever been involved with. I think in terms of like, from like a production perspective to just like the concept, I think this is just super fun. Um, It's going to happen at the end of the month. Uh, It won't be hosted on this Twitch channel. It will be hosted on another one. Um, But, you know, follow us on social media and uh, you'll find out when it happens. I'm super excited. Uh, We've got a couple things in the pipeline this month. We're actually um, going to be playing a game, a session of Austin's game, Valor. And I'm super excited because we actually get to fulfill a prophecy that we made on the podcast years ago when we did an episode on the magical girl genre. And we were like, oh, you know, what if we actually did an actual play of this? And it never happened, but it will happen this month for so a good excited. cause. So, I think I've got this so is going to be a magical boy in this. So uh, still valid. Oh, okay, sweet. Still extremely valid. Still extremely valid. But we are doing um, an like an anime-themed uh, charity stream this month as well. Uh, I'm super excited. We're going to put that out on socials as well. So, so stay tuned. Um, 
I think that's it for it. No, no, there's one other announcement. One of us has a Kickstarter live right now. Yes, they do. Oh, I do. That's right. <laughs> I'm trying I to think about I, this. Jackie, you have to stop making bulgogi at 5 a.m. Jackie, I'm out here trying to help you. And sorry, I thought sorry. And I'm trying to help you. Thank you. Thank and you. I thought I, I thought you I thought you froze. I was like, I, who, I who has kickstart? <laughs> like, I was just staring at Jackie, just like uh? <laughs> uh, Come on. So, uh, so yeah, on uh, Kickstarter right now, you can look up uh, Eldritch Sands. It is a 5e uh, campaign setting. It's basically uh, insp- deeply inspired by 70s and 80s sci-fi. And it's bas- It's also a post-apocalyptic arcane, uh, arcanopunk, which is basically, think of magic mech suits, a, a desolate wasteland, and um, a dome city full of neon lights and steel. <laughs> So you get, so, and, and I will say this, uh, the, uh, the uh, project leader was deeply inspired by uh, Bubblegum Crisis. So if anyone's watched that anime, the original oh. one. Not, oh my not, God. Oh boy. Oh boy. Wow, that <laughs> is, that's the a deep cut. Please, please <laughs> ignore all the Bubblegum Crisis spinoffs, OVAs, because we don't talk about those. They don't exist. We only watch <laughs> the original one here. <laughs> Bubblegum Crisis has some banging music for like they 80s, do. 80s yeah. rock yeah. aesthetic it is yeah now, now yeah, jackie when, when, will will this will this kickstarter is there a stretch goal for a, a soundtrack i have no idea i'm not the one running it but i did <laughs> i will i can definitely ask because there are some stretch goals uh but uh i will say that i am also one of the key writers uh it's, it's me and alex as the key writers i'm the one who handles all the lore and atmosphere so uh i get to write weird eldritch tech so it's gonna be fun that's awesome that's fantastic well even though you you didn't respond to our like somebody's got a kickstarter you were like all the all the details <laughs> right there so <laughs> Just uh, just we just needed to get you going, but that's because it's spent, a late night bulgogi delay. Yeah, you spent way too much time <laughs> marinating. It's a, it's a five a.m. bulgogi. <laughs> too you much know, time but, grinding Asian pears. <laughs> it's very important. So somewhere there is a character in this campaign setting that's just making bulgogi constantly. Ooh. I don't yeah, think that's gonna. That's, that's gonna, gonna be character. okay. I'm just gonna make this character. This is now an NPC in Fish in the Fog. <laughs> Amazing. There's just one person just making bulgogi all the time. <laughs> but I guess so they I guess they'd have to eat from Corio. Well then they yeah, they come they come from Corio and Oh just... no, because Corio is actually mentioned in the second paragraph that we are about to read. Oh boy. Oh here we go. Oh, Segway. Segway. Oh. Uh, welcome, welcome to Asians Read Caratour, everyone. Um, where Ew. we slowly <laughs> deliberately make our way through the AD&D character, the Eastern Realms campaign setting. Deliberately. Um, <laughs> I, I say deliberately, like you know, we, a, lot of, a lot of attention is paid to hmm. each and every word um, and the nonsense that they spew, but also some of the good things. You know, we're not just here to, you know, criticize this book. There is a lot to criticize, um, but there is some interesting stuff and there is a lot of potential here. Um, so, we finally made it past the geography. Finally made it past the geography, past the rugged mountains of Arakin and the, the brews of Singtao. I can't believe I said that. Um, <laughs> oh God. I think though, cause I kind of looked at the, the 
table of contents. I think we've only made it past the geography of show. Yes, mm. we've passed the geography of show. And now we have made our way into an odd section because it kind of flows from the show geography into, I guess, the culture uh, of show without like a chapter break or, or, or really a new heading or anything like that. It literally goes from one location, Arakin, to the spirit of the show. Um, every episode, I make a prediction on how far we're going to get. <laughs> Sometimes we meet that prediction. I'm one, time say, that one time, wait, well, one time, one time, one time, one time, one time, being one time, one time we bet that prediction. I'm going to say that we're going to get one page. That's, that's my, that's my that, prediction. One, yeah, remember one time I was like, we'll get through 10 pages. Yeah. We're all like, oh, I remember I have, that. In fact, we're only on page 16 of the PDF. So. Yeah. And how many pages are That's there? Again? Honestly, though, like, a lot. A lot. Under promise, <laughs> over deliver, right? So maybe we'll get two pages. Maybe we'll get two pages, but hopefully, um, well, maybe we'll get through show by the end of the year. <laughs> look, we I can think have we'll a get, show celebration. I think we'll get through show, <laughs> show by by a Chinese Chinese Lunar New Year 2022. We'll get through all yeah. the Chinese stuff. I actually okay, so. I wanted to mention this because I had a very interesting interaction uh, on Twitter yesterday. Um, I think, like, I think, no, no, nobody was, I was in the, our Discord server talking about this yesterday. Um, but someone had actually, uh, they're, they're like, a, I'll say this, they are a, like a firm supporter of Asians Represent, right? Always shouting us out. They are, they are an ally to Asians Represent. Um, but they 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 made they composed a tweet and tagged wizards and they said, "Hey, can we get a supplement with weapons from?" And I'll say this: Karator, Asia, Maztica, and Zahara. And I think this is one of the issues that we see a lot in TTRPGs, and it's that we see people who say that like, "Oh, Karator, it's fantasy. Asian people have no reason to be offended by it." And then we get people who say, oh, yeah, we need weapons from Karatur fiction, Asia, real life, Mazdika fiction, Sahara fiction, who kind of conflate the two. Um, so when we go through this campaign setting and when we you know, look through the content of this, yes, it is fantasy. But in the case of this book, it is so very much inspired by what white people think of Asia. That conflation is very intentional too. They yes. want you to draw that line between what their their fiction and their reality, mm -hmm. and do so with with a with a degree of authority that they want you to feel like there's authenticity in this writing. Yeah, and and the authenticity is very much almost like barely superficial right you, you look at this page and you've got like the characters on the left side that are just we've gone over that we don't need to do that again agatha's shaking her head um <laughs> like you have the characters that are just kind of there for flavor and then you have well a section like this the spirit of the show the stature of the show the honor of the show so um 
let's get into reading because I, I I am no longer going to put this off. Let's do it. <laughs> it's, happening. Um, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> the spirit of the show. The people of the empire may be the most practical of all the lands. They are certainly the most cosmopolitan, being heirs to a culture spanning some 26 centuries in art, music, classic literature, and government. The, uh, the citizen of Sholung walks the earth in absolute surety that he is part of the greatest civilization ever to grace heaven. And why should he doubt it? Was not the empire already thousands years old, a thousand years old, when the first Kozakuran barbarian thought to dress himself in skins? Are not the great books of the sages the very model upon which the other writings in lesser kingdoms are based? Surely the unlearned savages of Koryo have never devised such an elegant language of written characters. And it is well known that the men of Wa died upon raw fish rather than the 10,000 delicacies served in any inn of the empire. Are then the people of Sholung to be blamed for a touch of self-satisfaction? Of course not. In science, the show have created wonders. Their books are printed with movable type. They make the sky blaze with rockets and firecrackers, and they fly through the air as do birds. In government, they are without comparison and administering to many diverse peoples fairly and with honor. This enlightened government they have, on occasion, spread to other peoples of Karatur. And while some may have had objection, I am reminded of Vesphorus' commentary of a young monk I met once while journeying through Tabat. On a whole, few can doubt the splendor and justice of their Flar Fung empire. Oh, nice. Ugh. So if you're just joining us and you're curious ah! about the the tone like of, of this, remember that this book, even though it 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 isn't really written well, is written as a conversation from a dragon to a white wizard. <laughs> yes. Let's just put it that yep. way. And when um, we're talking about white wizard, we're not talking about white wizard. Yeah, we're not talking Gandalf, we're not talking Saruman. <laughs> No, 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 no. no. Just a wizard who is white. (laughs) Just a wizard who is white. Um, Well, that that. Well, there's the uh, there's the direct Tibet allegory in case you missed it. Yeah, like oh, I reminded of the time I totally met the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like so. Yeah. Go ahead. It's like oh, look at those like. First of all, let's talk about like. The fact that they're like, oh, the Japanese people eat raw fish. I also, like, surely the unlearned savages of Koryo have never yeah. devised such an elegant, elegant language of written characters. I'm like, you made the yen. It's just the wise. Yeah. <laughs> like, but the, I could see, like, if this was written from the perspective of, like, a really stuck up. It's, it's written from the perspective official. of an Asian character, though. But it's is written from the perspective. Yeah. It, was this? Sorry, this sorry, Emma, Emma, from Emma, show, right? sorry. Let's have, let's let Emma okay. talk. It's written from the perspective of a, like an omnipresent sort of omniscient yes. character. So this isn't like there's no such thing as objectivity. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I tell every class I ever teach that like take that like, idea and throw it out the window. It doesn't exist. But you know, it's not taking a very 
open and a thoughtful approach to things, it's hardcore into like unilineal evolution of societies. There's savagery and then there's civilization. Like that's an old idea that needs to die. (laughs) Yeah, and it's very much a product of the time in which it was written. It's also, it's nationalist, but also I get, well, you, you keep saying like, this is supposed to be written from the perspective of a dragon. And I'm like, this doesn't sound like a dragon. This just sounds like a super nationalist person from show being like, look at our writing system. Look, those people from Wall eat raw fish. We cook yeah, our food. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, the, the thing that everyone has touched on that also bothers me is the fact that it's taking a lot of real life um, Chinese xenophobia and um, racism and then putting it like directly (laughs) in like direct reflections of like the the countries um, and cultures into this again fantasy supplement and not addressing the problematic part of that at all. Well, it's also Which like, is, no, go ahead. Sorry. So, and the thing is like, there's two parts to this, right? Like one side is if you want to just make a fantasy story where there are problematic elements, I mean, that's a different conversation where it's like, how do you address that properly and stuff? If it's just like a completely different thing that doesn't have reflections of real life, then it's like, okay that's its own issue but the thing is they took real life things that real life people and cultures have experienced like this kind of racism it's like these kind of things are said right like it's not that's and then you just put it in here and you're like fantasy am i right am i right so you're basically perpetuating a a racist attitude within this game that's supposed to be like, uh, oh, if you want to play in fantasy Asia, <laughs> here's a, the, a bunch of fantasy racism that is actually a real life thing that you are now, if you're playing someone from a show, maybe this is the kind of attitude you should have, which is, that's why it's so bad because it, you're teaching people to be racist while also being like, but you know, it's just this fantasy land. Yeah. But also it's the 80s and maybe you don't know a lot about Asia. So this is your only contact. <laughs> like, because you're picking this character supplement. Like, that's why it's so bad. There are so many layers of wrong to these, <laughs> to these like three <laughs> paragraphs. Like, Agatha, you, you bring up the really good point. It's like they have basically written fantasy Chinese nationalism from a white lens. So, and it's just like, it's like, first of all, it's super problematic. And second of all, it's also like hella lazy. It's like, oh yes, the the Chinese have existed for thousands of years before all of these other people. And like, we have this paragraph here where they were like, uh, the, first of all, the empire, the empire as is was a thousand years old before the Japanese people thought to to wear clothes? Like, that's absurd. Like skin Oh, no, skin. I think it's, that one is the, Mon- the Mongolian people. That, the the Kozakurans are supposed to be Japan. Oh. And so is Wa. Like, it's and so is Wa. Because there's, 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 there's two Chinas and there's two Japans. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so show they, isn't show isn't the only fantasy China here as well. Yeah, yeah. Tolong so what were the they doing before? <laughs> they were just wandering around naked, like maybe I think maybe there it's implied that no, no I feel like I'm giving them too much credit because I would be like, oh, maybe they're wearing like you know like um, vegetation and yeah. reeds and things like that. But like Very Garden of Eden aesthetic. Okay. Yeah, yeah you know, a single yeah. a single lily pad um, <laughs> uh, and, and shells. Um, and shells. <laughs> but but like yeah it's like and then the unlearned savages of choreo and like they they could have never devised an elegant language like this it's, it's also yeah it's also interesting that the the that there isn't anything about like the western like cultures it's all very region specific racism without yeah. like diving into oh yeah we're so much better than those like idiots in water deep like they were crawling around with sticks while we made castles or something like i, it, I it, would i would presume the assumption just knowing what i know about the american perspective is that the the, the far east didn't acknowledge the existence of the west before they were forced to which is also not true but it's something we even see today um regarding the racism issue too like as someone who read a lot of dragonlance when they were a kid um that was a thing for wizards properties or tsr properties in the 80s like they they were detailed and like I don't want to say loving, but like I'm having trouble coming up with a different word in how in depth they got into the racism in their fantasy worlds. Yeah, there was a there was quite a lot in Dragonlance. Like it's it's very graphic, I guess might be a good word mm -hmm. for it. Like Dragonlance comes to mind because like one of the main characters is a half elf product of rape and like this is this big angsty backstory and it's kind of yikes. What? Hold on, um, Agatha, can you mute yourself? Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, it's 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 something I, I I'm seeing just as we're going through these older TSR properties is they were very very committed to these portrayals of racism and racist ideas in their societies uh and it's it's a thing it's it I, i'm not sure why they thought it was it was like the in vogue thing to do but it's everywhere just looking at it i wonder if it's like they think it makes it more interesting or like edgy yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering, yeah, if it's like a Frank Miller kind of move. It, it's kind of like that, I think, from what I recall, for at least some of the, th the thought philosophy, when I remember reading the different memoirs about it, from what I understand, it was the, the, the reason they invoke these kinds of things into the material is because they wanted to be as authentic of an experience as possible. And I'm, and part of you, part of you just goes, do we really need it? Do we really want it? And you know, there's that part where they where they will then argue, well, this it existed in this in this like kind of setting because 
got Gary was more was more focused on authenticity and the experience and Dave was more about the story. And so when so Gary was all about really making sure that that carried over all of those in, those kinds of things about the experience and making it as as real and authentic as possible because that's how he portray, that's how he felt about the way the game should have been ran. Right. And so it it definitely lends here as to why a lot of the material early on in T- for TSR was there's always this undercurrent of bio existentialism and um oh, and race and the racism as well or at least in the in his, in his in his purview the uh the the conflict of the different races because there's that's and it got and that's and some of it got carried over from other pieces of inspiration like because you know a lot of D&D is inspired also by by Tolkien and there's also like a little bit of that carried over as well so but it's like the only plot driver they seem to be able to employ is like hatred and like racial conflict yeah <laughs> because it, like that's yeah. we just read all of these different regions within show alone that also hate each other and have major stereotypes about each other. So then they also hate everyone else inside because show in general is better. It's like, all right, that's kind of a thing in reality, but also didn't really, there's not enough here to do that. Yeah, Yeah. if you're going to address um, really big, tough issues like the of systemic oppression or like racism, sexism, et cetera, it should be handled, I think, with real, with, with, a, with a mind towards empathy and instead of being clever, which is what I think is really what's like, there's, a, there's an air of, there's a tone of like condescension and disdain that, um, and, and a sense of like one-upmanship here that is, I think, supposed to be authentic to the writer and the supposed author of this um, text, but just comes across as being cheap and shallow, right? Um, There isn't, I mean, we could take any one of these statements and literally write, like anyone who really wanted to dive into this could probably create like a whole thing that actually dictates like maybe there's like the wars between show and other lands that like create this sort of rivalry this kind of impression and you know maybe creates more of like an anthropological sociological understanding of the, the conflict here but instead it's just presented in an almost trivial manner and I think to your point Agatha about like how this is shown it made me think like oh well if we're going to present racism within fantasy in this trivial way, it kind of almost in real life creates a trivialization of racism itself. Like, oh, it's just a thing. Like when we look at other people and other races and the way they treat other people and other races, like, oh, that's that's just how they do things without re- like devoting more critical thought. I feel like it casts it too as an inevitability. Like yeah. the idea that racism is just so ingrained in the human experience and i mean that was a prevailing attitude among a lot of uh white creators we'll say even through uh avenue q in the 2000s wow. um which mm-hmm. their whole thing with like everyone's racist oh well 
I and yeah. I want to touch on an insidious aspect of this, uh, which is that when you present again a, to like a Western, mainly white audience, that all of these representations of marginalized people um, are already already have racist stereotypes each other. It almost gives the reader a, a tacit um, yeah. permission to also be racist, mm-hmm. like. Oh yeah, yeah, these are stereotypes that people have of them. They make fun of each other like that too. So I can do it because it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel like that is one thing that makes me very uncomfortable from the text as well. Yeah, the worst part about that text is that the a lot of the a lot of the sentiment also makes me remind me of a lot of the things I've heard in my lifetime from Chinese people who are very xenophobic and racist. And I'm like, I've actually heard a lot of these kinds of similar stereotypes and analogies thrown in. And I'm just like, I, it's a little too accurate to a certain degree. And I'm really, really perturbed about it. Yeah. yeah why, um, why is this some of the most like accurate information we've encountered too? Like that's, that's kind of scary when you think about it. I, I, yeah. I feel, I, well, and, and I feel like this is part of that where I feel like if, because we, we've seen it through some parts of the text, it feels like somebody did consult with an actual, like probably Chinese descended person. And I'm feeling like some of this got carried over when they were asking about like probably their experiences or, or presumptions about China There are so many layers to that, though. I mean, like... This could also just be based on historical perspective. Yeah. Because to me, this sounds more like court records from when China was the Middle Kingdom, you know? Like, at the core of it, and everyone else is just barbarians. Because those words Mm -hmm. themselves are dated. And not it's, like 1980s yeah. dated, like. Yeah, I think the, the, the thing, though, is that like when you look at these core documents and they say these things about these other nations, hmm. that doesn't make the that isn't truth about the other nations. Right. No. Much of right. this is propaganda. But here they're like, yeah, you know what? Like when the show were already established. Yeah. Those folks in fantasy Japan, straight up barbarians throwing the P word primitive. Right. Oh God. <laughs> and it's like, I, Jackie, you mentioned the whole idea of like having a consultant or something like that. Here's the thing, and we see this so often in in TTRPGs. Mm-hmm. It's that people want that that who create Asian themed content, they want that Asian stamp of approval. So you know, the, you hire a consultant, you listen to them, you give them the credit. And you really pick and choose what you want to do with their words. Yeah. And that's the problem here with, with saying like, you know what, you need a consultant because what you actually need are creators and decision makers. Mm-hmm. And consultants are not decision makers in, the, in this industry. Um, it's, it's a sad part about this. And, and look, you know, they were writing this at the time when you know, the internet wasn't really like a thing. Uh, right. You're using books and we've already learned that they're using like Chinese menus. Um, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and like, if you talk to like, like an, somebody of an older, older generation, this is something that we've talked about on the podcast too. Yeah. They're going to say shit about Japan. Right. Because yep. Japan invaded China. And yeah. there is some like real animosity there that is not just rooted in the 1930s and up, but is like there are 
there's a lot of historical conflict between all of these like three Asian nations, Korea, Japan, and China, yeah. right? If they bothered to talk to a Vietnamese person, they would have gotten yeah. quite Austin fearful. Austin and I are just kind of, <laughs> exactly, right? are just yeah. kind of like over here, just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. right? So things go way back. Things go way lot, back. Yeah, a lot but, of the but that's feuds just and wars, it's all from a long time. Well, the thing is like, that, that's just the history of the world. Yeah. yeah. Right, that's not unique to Asia. But the Mm -hmm. things that they've chosen to kind of cling to with these three paragraphs are like, yeah, Japan, barbarians, Korea, savages are, first of all, this is just silly, but you know, like any, you go anywhere in show, you go to any inn, 10,000 delicacies on their menu. Right. Yeah. So first of all, for our for our fish in the fog, for our fish in the fog, Michelle, I will be ordering delicacy number fifteen hundred. Just say, let me me start taking notes. Uh, (laughs) Fish in the fog. Every inn has ten thousand things on the menu. A menu is literally a tome. It's a tome. Yeah. You, um, yeah, every everyone just gets like a freaking like encyclopedia set for yeah. their menu. And, and then there's one character who's just like, I'm trying to eat my way through the menu. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. They're crying into their food every single day. <laughs> my character's from This is for my characters from Bawa. I am going to say that. Well, you're a tourist, but none of my food. Yeah, but you're a tourist, so you're maybe you're a foodie. You're like, oh. There's a there's a portrait there's like a wall full of portraits of like older folks who have passed yeah. away attempting to eat through the entire <laughs> menu. This person made it to to, to nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. Yeah, you see like little <laughs> little numbers like you made it to nine thousand eight hundred and seventy six. Oh wait wait, is it using the terrible corridor script of numbering? Oh system? my god! Oh my god! <laughs> So the posters are very large. What a callback! <laughs> what a callback, Jackie. Just, 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 just a ton of like little things that no, that's I. Nah. Yeah, and Monty in the chat also mentioned this that sensitivity readers being used as a stamp of approval in just like fiction as well. Yeah, just yeah. gaming. Yeah, um, can, can I, I talk I, about this a bit from a business standpoint? Yeah, like hi, just hire them as writers. You will probably yeah. save money. Hire them as writers. More people, it's more people are going to talk about yeah. it in a positive light. I, you know, like I made this joke like a while ago. I was like, "What if I? What if we just made a, a rubber Asians represent stamp <laughs> and just charged every time I touched stamp to ink?" <laughs> oh my God, it's, it's, look, it's like, like the fifty dollars to unblock thing on Twitter. Look, like people like. 50 people, I would have charged people, 200 I would have charged way more uh people people turn to like the not just Asians represent but the Asian community in general and think that w- w- groups like us and creators like us are just like a tool that they can use to you know make money off of fantasy depictions of our culture yeah it's like like I we get I guess then I get emails or dms all the time from people who are being like hey I've got this project we one of our freelancers is Asian. Can you talk about our stuff on your show? <laughs> or like, hey, I want to come on Asians Represent because y'all have a big platform to talk about this thing. And like, is anything you do related to Asian culture? Are you Asian? And they're like, no. I'm like, then no. Like, <laughs> like people see us as a a way that they can profit off of their our, our cultures. 
Um, mm-hmm. now we, we see that right now with like Wizards of the Coast profiting off of, you know, we won't talk about it much more, uh, but profiting off of, you know, Asian trauma and, you know, abuse. And, you know, like this, this kind of shit has to stop. And again, the, the way this shit can stop is if you have not just Asians, because this is, this is a, a thing we see f- for, for all communities of color, really, um, is if we have like not just consultants, but again, creators and decision makers need to be involved mm-hmm. in these processes. Um, but let's move on. I, I read ahead. And- I, need, I need one more. <laughs> oh, go ahead. And this is just like a minor thing that I've been fixating on. So just bear with me. But (laughs) what bothers me about the what follows in this section is that they start out in the first paragraph saying how cosmopolitan show is. And this is one of those I don't think you I don't think that word means what you think it means. (laughs) Yeah. And if this is the most cosmopolitan and it's incredibly racist, that's a problem because cosmopolitan mm. doesn't just mean living in a city or coexisting with, not well, coexisting sounds nicer, like putting up with each other Tolerating, because you live yeah. in the same place. Now, cosmopolitan is a worldview that incorporates other places and other people to be cosmopolitan is to think of others not just you have to recognize yeah. the value that the diversity brings to your community yeah you don't exactly. just all live in the same place hating each other that's not yeah cosmopolitanism so yeah sorry those might just <laughs> no this is this yeah. is it, probably an example of them sitting there writing with a big old thesaurus yeah they're like they live in yep. a city or they live in a diverse area so they're cosmopolitan it's like uh, there's more to it than that <laughs> yeah I, I, people don't think about that people don't think about that so let's um mm-hmm. let's move on to the next part i read ahead and yeah while y'all were talking I, yeah, I, just, uh, yeah. I also read ahead and was like oh, i no. did too oh, i saw you i saw you covering your mouth and looking concerned it's okay the dive st- right in go go for it the stature of the show because, anyway, I'll read it first. <laughs> there are many races within the empire, but chief among these are the races of men. The men of Sholung stand apart from those of the barbarian lands in being taller, fairer, and of more pleasing stature to the eye. They are a mixture of the many peoples conquered by the empire and in this way have become a vital and muscular hybrid of unyielding vitality. From their northern ancestors, they gain the long, dark hair at which their women love to pile high upon their heads and affix with decorated pins. This same blood shows in the long mustaches and beards affected by the mandarins. From the south, they have learned the way of weaving bright silks and to make robes and garments of quality unmatched anywhere else in the lands. Also within the empire are those whom we call non-men. Though by the will of the son of heaven, they are denied a place within the government. They are welcomed within the empire where they face less of the prejudices and distrust found in other lands. 
I'll just write this in for fish in the fog. <laughs> so, God. Let's, uh, okay. um, let's talk so, about that. So oh, the first thing I thought of, so as we all know, I am a very big fan of farm documentaries. Um, and yes. One of, yes. <laughs> um, and the way they're describing the people here is exactly similar to the way they describe livestock. It's yeah. literally the same. Like, oh, let us examine the Shropshire sheep. Look at its fine haunches. It's regal bearing. It's fine wool quality. And I'm just like, this is literally the same tone, the same language. And it, it, it's so weird that it just, the racism is just, it's, it's there. And I understand what they're trying to say. Like, oh, and we've seen this before in previous paragraphs about um, the people who live in various regions of show. But once again, we see here like the, the stature, the complexion, etc. It it really it it reminds me so much of it's like they're treating they're describing people like chattel and yeah, and it's dehumanizing. This, yeah, yeah. It's dehumanizing. It reminds me so much of like those um, bef- like pre like Civil War, just um, like those auction blocks where it's like oh when, yeah um, yeah when. Um, when um, African folks were, were brought and enslaved and sold, it's like, this is literally kind of the same language. Yeah, um, a, a vital and muscular hybrid. Oh yeah, the whole hybrid figure thing. The whole hybrid no, thing no, is no, just no, like, no, 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 yeah, no, the hybrid no, thing, no, no. I was like, yeah, I, when I was reading it earlier, I was like, I saw hybrid and I was like, oh, we got there, all right. Oh boy, here we are. I, it really does feel like we're talking about sheep. And not people. It does. Yeah. It does. Oh yeah. Also, it's, it's, you know what's also yeah. like really silly about this? It's like, oh yeah, you know what they got from the from northern China? They got hair. You know what they got from southern China? <laughs> they got the knowledge of how to make silk. It's like, what the fuck? And, and and together and together we form a functional Asian person. It's that, like it's the, like the, the ingredients to make of the, Asian. The ingredients <laughs> to making an Asian person: hair and silk. Yeah. Smash them together. And got the remember, show. remember to knowledge. knowledge is racially inherent. Uh, yeah. Yes, been- yes, it is. And and this is the thing too, right? We've seen them talk about the different like physiological differences in, across the different provinces, which when you get to this point, you're like, why is this section relevant at all? Yeah. Yeah. But also why? like, hold up, got to talk about how tall they are. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. mustaches. Mustaches. You know? and, and you know, you can go and buy, you can still buy this book. For five yep. US dollars on drive through RPG and give Wizards of the Coast money for this, it's a yep. gold bestseller. Yep. It's a you gold bestseller. You, you know what else is a gold bestseller as a, a recent RPG? <laughs> That's right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I would say this gold bestseller. That's that's so many. I just so many. I just, I, I just, I don't, I don't have too much else to say about this other than just yeet this into the sun and. <laughs> this section just like honestly, even from an editorial standpoint, it's like this is redundant because you already, like I said, you, you, we covered the the physiological differences already. Why is yeah. this here? There's no yeah. logic to this section other than the fact yeah. that you are literally trying to like, like, create the most common denominator of a sh- of a person from show using really nothing that that but tells they don't, you but they don't do this for any they don't do this for any other in any other book 
right? Yeah. It's not like, oh, yes, you take the the grace of a bird and the bark of a tree <laughs> and therefore you make an elf. Or yes. it's like you take the hardiness of the stone and the hair of a show and you make a dwarf. It's like you, <laughs> you, you can't be like, you, what is this? Oh, exactly. Yes. exactly. They are of a pleasing stature. They're a pleasing yes. stature to who? Oh, yes. <laughs> who? Like, yes. what? This dragon is just like, oh, yes, I love the way the show look. Uh, now I'm just thinking types. of like the introduction of Powerpuff Girls, but with like the dragon yeah. instead of Professor yeah. X. It's like X we combine silk, silk <laughs> and hair, and hair <laughs> to make a vital and muscular hybrid of unyielding vitality. And it's just like, why uh, is this? Yeah, I can't get over the the livestock thing. Like I noticed that, and I'm not an agriculture yeah, fan. It's, yeah, yeah, it's very. It's. It's very. It makes me very uncomfortable. And yeah. Uh, and and first of all, taller and fairer. Let's also talk about that because like like look at like, let's let's talk about like Asian culture and like skin tone, right? Mm -hmm. Like fair skin, you know, sign of like wealth and privilege. Right, because you know, grandparents, you don't have to go and work out, work in the fields, and all that. Like I remember when I went on my first archaeological dig, in like 2010, and I came home and I was tanned as fuck. Right, and my grandparents were so unhappy. Mm -hmm. right? So oh, unhappy. Yeah. My mother would tell me I looked like a little Cambodian kid when when I tanned in the sun. Right, and and it's like my my grandmother, yeah. My grandmother was like, uh, I remember when I came back and I'm just the same skin tone as I am now. And she's just like, oh, but when you were born, when you just came out, your skin was so fair. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I had been inside uh, another person for nine months. Sunlight, it's kind of how this works. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, uh, yeah, and I say that every... For for 12 years and I had like super tan skin. I got so tan, like my grandparents told me I look Filipino. <laughs> yeah, it, but the, here's the thing. It's like to say that every single person is fair skin in a land where they have very much stressed agriculture. Yes. Who's doing the farming then? <laughs> Are they no all wearing like apparently. sunblock? Like, do they all carry like parasols? I, 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 I feel like that's, that's I, I sending. Think, you know, I feel like that's hats. sending energy into this, and I don't want to send it. You know, the rice there. hats. They're just Those really big. I, I, I just think it's big. in Vietnam for. Uh, when we were in the Mekong Delta, those things are are amazing. They are. They great. are. They're so they are light. Great. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're light, and they they work. I couldn't they bring it home work. though because it was too unwieldy. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Def definitely I, I recommend if you can get one of those yeah. those hats. You but, buy uh, it. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> just just uh, <laughs> taking a side note to talk about how great those hats actually are <laughs> is giving me life. <laughs> it's just like, uh, but those hats. But those, those hats, hats though, <laughs> they're great. Those hats, though, <laughs> they're great. I mean, that's why I'm thinking like they just make them but bigger. And so when you see people in the farms of a yeah. show, it's just a bunch of large just cones. big circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, Michelle, you saying that I feel like you're you're sending energy into this book and that will this Oh, room, I'm so sorry. We're only 14 pages in. Like yeah. this is going to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Emma, did you have something? Yeah, I was just going to say like 
it's worth pointing out that even with proper sun protection, there are people who would never be described as fair, even if they mm-hmm. never saw the, the sun ever. Like, yep. the default human is not pale. <laughs> no. <laughs> so fairness can also be used to imply, like, a natural type of skin tone that is adverse to tanning in general. So, like, you have people that just burn or go pink. Like, those yep. people in the white world tend to be called fair. <laughs> so there's not just a professional, like, are you out farming aspect of this, but also just a general, like, I don't know, deep fairness that could be implied here that bothers me even more. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's a, it's a combination of things. As someone who really likes skincare and who really, um, has looked into the culture of, of East Asian skincare. There are definitely a co- many different aspects of like brightening and like creating fairer skin and whitening creams out there that combine both the classist um, stereotypes that we see that are very much inherent within a lot of East Asian cultures uh, and in South Asian cultures as well. Actually, this is a really big problem in India and Pakistan. Um, and, um, and also just the uh, trying to match Eurocentric ideas of beauty, right? So there's definitely, um, there was a documentary I saw from Vice, which uh, talked about the dangers of skin whitening creams and skin whitening procedures that were not medically or, or um, government regulated. And the, the, the reporter who went over, she's a British tall white woman with blonde hair and blue eyes and the Chinese woman that she was talking to said well I just want to be when when asked like why she's here at this clinic to get um, vitamin B like injected into her skin and a series of treatments she said like oh I just want to be I want to look like you you know I want to look like you the reporter and the reporter's like I think you look beautiful the way you are but it is once again like introducing this not only um, not only reinforcing the sort of class stereotype, but also looking at the Western ideas of beauty and sort of putting those on a pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the whole height thing here too, like to yeah. be tall Almost and definitely. fair as the uh, as a white person, yeah. Yeah, of attraction. Yeah. Yep. So let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> Okay. This cannot cause, cause me to like hey, face palm even more. Can it get worse? I haven't read ahead to the auto section, so let's. Uh, uh, can I, we I, say I, it like they wait to say to Mulan, like honor, honor, you honor. Will bring, you will bring honor to us all. God, that oh. movie sucked. The the live action one. The, it the, did. No, not not it the did. Chinese live action ones, but the Disney no. live action one yeah. really sucked. Mm. They they. they they did my dude Jimmy Wong dirty with that movie. Yeah, sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> sorry, Jimmy. Well, like, check out this first sentence. Okay, first fine. Sentence already was a bad. Was already. <laughs> this, was already uh, thanks, Jimmy. Emma, bringing us back. Oh my god. We're talking about Jimmy Wong. <laughs> uh, okay. You 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 can tell everybody that we're that we're okay. clawing so, at the walls. <laughs> so, the show are a very honorable race of mankind. Period. Period. I'm dead. Uh, they have great pride in their ancestors, their emperor, and their own good names. These they will defend with all their power. For to lose face is to lose everything. Okay, there are, there are things that I really hate about this. 
the first thing that I really hate about this, okay, I think the the first sentence is just like a given to, to hate. The thing I really hate about this is that they very like flippantly say lose face is to lose everything without any context. And yes. like, and like for like, and this very much shows me that they might've talked to a Chinese person about like what's important. And they're like, yeah, l- losing face is like, is like a bad thing. And they're like, okay, cool. Move on. And they don't provide the reader with any context about what face means to Chinese people. Yeah. And it's like, that, that bothers me so much because yeah. in, in like Chinese culture, there are like systems that bind social interaction with one another, like codes of like reciprocity and equity and how you appear to others. I'll say this, like I, I had a freelance gig that is going, I don't know if it's going to be announced soon. But it's a project that I'm super proud of. Um, I'm really proud to have been a part of it. The team is honestly the most, aside from Unbreakable, the most diverse team I've ever worked with. Um, it is. It was probably one of the best working experiences I've ever had in TTRPGs in terms of professional, like how professional it was and how heard I felt. And it's like a sort of like a modern, a, something that's set in a sort of, that's um, like an urban fantasy thing. And I got asked to write the Asian factions in it. And I said, okay, I'm going to write this Asian faction and I'm going to write all about the Chinese concept of face so that people understand what I mean. And the people in charge were like, go ham. And so when I see something like this, I'm like, this fucking sucks, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if anybody wants to take over while I, like, yeah, calm down. I, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I have thoughts about it, too, because this, the implication when you just meet, with no, when you don't have prior knowledge of this kind of social structure and you read this, you're like, first of all, what does that mean? But also, like, oh, okay, so people just, care a lot about they're just very shallow or very v- vain almost in a way about their reputation and that's just like a mark of this culture which is like you said Daniel like it doesn't it doesn't go into any of the the real life ramifications of like what face means like the whole reciprocity thing this this is like this is how you like get ahead this is why you have you're bound to certain things that you might not want to do but this is also how you can get help in times of need um where you otherwise might not get it like this it's so ingrained into the culture and yes one side of it is like if someone is very obsessed with face um and then if like then their kids will have to kind of like deal with that and that does suck but at the same time like it's so much deeper than that in terms of it uh, it impacts people's lives and what kind of choices they do 
and can make. Yeah, and it's like there are we could you know, honestly we should do a whole episode on this of the podcast. Face, oh my gosh, oh, we should yes. do a whole episode because because honestly I think it's like an important discussion to have um, about like Chinese culture and how it has kind of impacted us and how people kind of portray it. But like face it, first of all, is a very, the way Chinese people see face is, is very unique. You, mm-hmm. you don't see it in, in a lot of other Asian cultures. And the diaspora has certainly changed things. Um, yeah. But yes. it's very much rooted in Chinese culture, but Chinese culture and we'll, we'll do a whole podcast on this is kind of governed by um, Chinese social, tra- traditional Chinese social interactions, uh, AKA the kind of interactions that, you know, children of the diaspora see in their like the older generations um, are very much rooted in like three concepts that I will very, very much simplify right now, but it's, you know, reciprocity, getting people to owe you things, and how people perceive you. Um, and there is so much nuance to explore there. Um, and each of us will have different experiences with it. But to kind of take that, to take the complexities of traditional Chinese social interaction and boil it down to you lose face, you lose everything, is just so insulting. It's very insulting. Um, very insulting. Uh, but let's keep reading. Um, you actually read some of this last night. I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm like, you I did. This, you so. did. I heard I about did. this. Jackie told me, and I was like, why? <laughs> why did <laughs> but, you do this? <laughs> but it is in the protection of this on. Also, the the whole idea of honor and face and everything is they're just they're kind of different. They are. Um, honor and face are not the same. They're not the they same. They really are not. Like, uh, but it is in the protection of this honor that the show Citizen differs from other denizens of Karatur. For example, the haughty samurai. Oh yeah, I did read this last night. Yeah. The haughty samurai <laughs> of Wa and Kosakura. And this is the most important to consider when dealing with the show people. Where the samurai, uh, yeah, I remember reading this last night. <laughs> where where the samurai must walk about with hand to like, just all where the, time. the samurai must walk around with with hand to sword hilt, ready to wipe an insult out just in walking blood. Like this all the time, glaring at everyone. Uh, <laughs> Did you insult me? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the show is far more subtle. Not all insults must be settled by blood. First of all, that's that's further reinforcing this like barbaric Japan. Yeah. Um, in fact, it is sometimes preferable to avoid bloodshed. Yeah, no shit. Um, as this sometimes. will bring out the magistrate and his guard. Oh, law enforcement. Um, being condemned for murder is an even greater stain upon the family honor. I mean, murder in general is murder. pretty much. <laughs> it's murder. It kind of it. D and D though has always cast itself as the exception, since you know everyone's a murder hobo. Oh, don't forget! Remember, Gary was the, Gary Gygax himself even coined the. It's okay for the. It's perfectly okay for the lawful good paladin to murder all the goblin babies. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was that. Sure was a thing. 
he prefers <laughs> he prefers to give insult or avenge it in more indirect ways by ruining a reputation by bringing a great estate to bondage by assassination or by publicly beating his opponent senseless in the street with his superior kung fu <laughs> <laughs> What is what is what is I don't even know what that sentence was. What what is most important to the show is the honor of the family clan, not himself. Insult a show and you have merely angered him. Insult his parents and you have incurred the vengeance of his entire clan. Harm his children or siblings, and no force in the celestial heaven will save you from his wrath. Such is the power of family in this land. It's important to remember the subtle differences of the show character. Unlike a Kozakuren, a show citizen who blusters, bullies, or brags is considered a buffoon and loses tremendous face. In a culture of such great antiquity and civilization, it's more important to be cool and sophisticated, even if you are a peasant. When playing a show character, remember to always reach for an insult before reaching for your sword. In that why order. am I reliving? Why am I reliving? Like, fuck you, and then pull your sword. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Okay, I, I, I didn't appreciate no, the, the distinction <laughs> that beating someone senseless in the street is more indirect than you know murder. Which no, no, it's beating yes. someone senseless with your superior kung fu. Yes, yes, that is technically <laughs> accurate. This is like an Asian terrible asian stereotype like like salad or something like it's got in that one sentence we've got the fu manchu um kind of thing where it's like oh being underhanded and then assassinations like oh like ninjas and then and then the freaking like kung fu what the, the, the this fuck? is this is this is the yeah. this is the cob salad this is the oh, Cobb salad, of, the Asian salad of Asian salad fantasy. Of stereotypes. Oh my god! It's, it's all of the movie tropes, in particular. It, it, yes. There's that view of a really like rough and uncouth samurai is a movie trope. It's a character type. Mm-hmm. Like, you also, you also have <laughs> just the duplicitous, petty Asian characterization and how the. The show are you know all insults and all of that so yeah, yeah you've it's, got it, it's it's all here all the yeah you've got the yellow hits of Asian, yeah yeah <laughs> you've got yeah. the Fumetsu, you've got like also like i love how they're like how they make it like a unique thing to asian people it's like yeah if you hurt their kids <laughs> They're gonna come after you. It's like oh, still Asian, still <laughs> Asian, still Asian. <laughs> Europeans who are finally Europeans clearly kids. have no care for their children whatsoever. Oh, yeah, oh well, right. I mean, just those let their kids do whatever. Do make you wonder. It's and then, true, actually. You know, twenty. It, it, well, to be fair, then that's where you get the kid eating paste in in the corner. But okay. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like there's stuff here that's. Well, the thing is, though, too, remember the time period this was go- this was made. It was also the, like when they were probably the, the the writers were probably exposed to a lot of the seventies media, Asian and like Asian media. So that's like a lot of like like the Pai Mei stuff, Daniel, and like all the samurai, the the seventies samurai, you know, 
But that's movie. the thing. But here's the thing. Those were all made by Asian people. I know. I know. But have but you ever heard were... the English dub versions of them? Yeah, yeah but, but they're the, the, taken out of context. Yes. Right? Yeah, they're so taking it out of context. Not understanding the the archetypes and tropes of like yeah. Jidai Geki, like the Japanese mm-hmm. samurai movies, like not knowing that that male character is a type. And that's just being like, this is Japan. This and, is Japanese men. Yeah, yeah. Similar with like, like similar no. with wuxia movies during that time. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we might as well just have with his superior kung fu fighting with his fists fast as lightning. Oh um, my god! <laughs> oh, so oh, I I didn't catch I didn't catch that. But in in this, they actually talk about them flying around yeah flying around I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch that i was like <laughs> oh it's the it's the wuxia like flying around thing yeah yeah <laughs> i there was a really when facebook first started there was a really funny um group that i joined called um yes asians can fly <laughs> And it was basically just a group of other Asian folks which is like, yeah, we, we fly. That's a thing we yeah. do. It's a thing. Yeah. It's really depending, cool. on era, either, depending on the in era, depending on the era, innocent before times when Facebook wasn't a, a democracy. Oh, this was murdering. back. This was back when you needed a college.edu yeah. address oh, yeah. to join. Yeah, back yeah. when it was. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, what a time that was. Uh, okay, so let's let's keep moving. I'm going to try to get us to one page. <laughs> 40 minutes go go daniel go. go all we have to do is finish the clan and then we yeah. hit one page uh, we can okay do it. Oh, hey at least we have an excuse for every first saturday of the month to hang out because we're never going to finish this book <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's like when um it's like ordering from the 10th getting through the ten thousand. Dish <laughs> yeah. So the clan, the center of the show world is the clan. The clan is a tightly woven family, including grandparents, married children, grandchildren, servants, and even beasts. At the top of the clan hierarchy is the clan head, who is always the oldest male in the family, although occasionally a grandfather will abdicate his leadership in favor of a young son of 30 or 40, who has shown proper devotion and promise. The power of the clan head is absolute. He may choose who is to marry and to whom, where the, uh, where the fortunes of the family are to be spent and who is to inherit and when. To question his will is to risk being cast out of the clan. To a show, this is the ultimate fear. For without a clan, a man has no one to call upon for help, no honor to shield him, and no good name with which to win a living or a bride. Who will take care of him when he is old? Who will speak for him when his good name is slandered? It is well known that those who lose their clan will soon set out upon the road of brigandage and dishonor. For without a clan, what is there to live for? The clan head is responsible to his family as well. He must provide food and shelter for them and cause no dishonor to the family name. When business with merchants or the government must be done, he must do it. If the government chooses to punish a clan member, the head or Tai Tai must shield the offender. <laughs> I get this reaction. Sorry, distracted me. Must shield the defender from the emperor's wrath. 
even taking the punishment himself. He must find proper husbands and wives for his children, find them worthy occupations, and even support them if they are unable to make, <laughs> if they are unable to find work. A dutiful member of the clan must show respect in all ways to his clan head. He will call him honored father, sir, or master. When he goes abroad, oh, but not Tai Tai, but not Tai Tai, <laughs> not Tai Tai. No, thank, thank God. When he goes abroad to make his fortune in the capital, he sends money back to the clan. The clan determines what work he will pursue, unless they have no specific directions. Okay, That's, they'll what? do it unless they don't. Okay, uh, <laughs> even the choice of wife or husband must be approved by his clan head. But for this. The clan member has the security of knowing that no matter where he goes, he will have people to stand for him and the family honor and wealth to fall back upon. For all that the most, but the most adventurous, this is more than enough. In addition to those of the living, the clan encompasses the dead as well. Members of the clan who have achieved great things during their lives are remembered and honored. Their deeds are often spoken of in family histories. Yeah, that's what a family history is. Um, their deeds are, uh, and sacrifices to their memories are made every festival or feast day. Children are often given the names of, great clan of a great clan member of the past in hopes that the child will one day live up, uh, live up the honor of his ancestor. DMs should use the clan to their advantage whenever possible. The clan head must direct a player character to perform certain tasks or take certain jobs. He may send the character to seek fortunes in strange new cities and lands. Clan emergencies may call a player from his normal duties. An insult to the clan's honor may force him to take the strongest action. This is uh, just, you, I don't know. It's like Erhu. I was just like I version was, of like, this sounds like the Godfather. It's just like, this is basically just yeah. Chinese version of the Godfather. <laughs> I was, which by I the was, way, which by the way, the, the those movies were actually way better. <laughs> yes, I, I was I was waiting for them to put like, if somebody dishonors you, make a roll on this. Like, uh, oh. I mean, to be fair though, they kept. They, I will say though, uh, it, they literally, from an editorial standpoint, they made the same point about four times in that yes. entire section. It's yep. like, it's they, like they need to. Yeah, the clan head must choose the wife or husband. They must choose the wife or husband. If, if you lose your clan, you're SOL. If you, you must have, you must stay with your clan. It's like, what is this? And I, also, I first a little love how they put Tai Tai in here with no context. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Tai Tai. Like, what is also? Tai-tai? Yeah, what is Tai Tai? Like, like the go ahead well you can say oh. that like sometimes that's what you call it's a very respectful way of addressing like a gra the grandma of the yeah, like the matriarch family. the matriarch, yeah, the matriarch. Okay. Thank yeah. you. and that's yeah. interesting okay. um, and, but, it, yeah, but it's, it's like they don't say that though because here they're like it's all about the man and then they throw in tai tai i feel yeah. like this part feels like definitely they were talking to some chinese person and they just and the chinese person just threw out the term tai tai and they just thought oh that's an honorific that must belong to this to this position it's like no they were referring to literally their matriarchal grandmother yeah and that's that's yeah. a huge blind spot this book has because it's so patriarchal like asian women are badass just first off um and 
And so many Asian families do have a certain matri ma uh, matriarchal matrilineal component to them. Um, I know that I know in Vietnam, for example, there there's like the power of the matriarch is not to be trifled with. Yeah, I mean, the Vietnamese history is rife with um, strong matri. In fact, like many uh, parts of Vietnam had a very strong matriarchal culture before uh, Chinese occupation. We have like the Trung sisters. We have Bak Yu, like mm -hmm. who who just made her civ debut. So. Oh, yeah, I, I, she made her Civ debut and I was like playing mm -hmm. her exclusively. For I, I was playing her exclusively. I still haven't gotten my, my win with her yet, but um, <laughs> she's awesome. But like my, my, it was my grandmother who said all 11 of our kids are getting an education, boys and girls both. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, like that was her decision. And that was not a decision that her husband argued with or fought. Like that happened. Hey. Yeah, I have two two issues with this section. One, of course, is the fact that it's like that aspect of like the marriage thing is not accurate. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, no. The first thing what I'm going to talk about is how this is very like upper or I guess like upper middle class kind of s structure that they're talking yeah. about. The whole like the wealth and support of your family that ain't a thing when when you're just like a, a search, right? Like or. You're, you're just like living your life like yes you still care about your family and stuff like that but it's not like a this the structure is not as tight um because ain't nobody got time for that you're trying to survive right um so i feel like that's one thing that i find kind of interesting where it's like so everyone everyone who is technically so are like kind of well off like again farming how does this work um what about all the other people <laughs> who don't who can't afford to have this kind of like um power basically um and to actually have a big clan right like it just yeah. it, so that's one thing that i'm like oh interesting Your characters um, though do tend to be more wealthy so that might be part of that like it right because so, this is very clearly intended for a pc like Reading through reading through the clan, I can see that they're they're describing a dynamic that the player character should be expected to uphold right. and contend with. Yeah, and then the other thing is, of course, this like like I sometimes they're like really accurate on the things that you don't want to be accurate. For example, they're so accurate about like. <laughs> like Chinese racism towards other people. Oh yeah, and then and then sometimes on things you're like, okay, but this is also inaccurate. So for example, the marriage thing. Like usually it is that the matriarch of the family who, like this is true, right? Like arranged marriage is, is used to be a thing for literally everyone um, in the world. Um, and but it would usually be like within a patriarchal family structure it would usually be the matriarch and uh Ch chinese culture was no exception <laughs> so first of all like my, so it's my, just my, like yeah no go ahead no no go ahead yeah so it's just like if you if you want to like go into so much detail about this like why, why, why can't you just get it get it right <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing like first of all like let's be honest my grandma runs the show uh <laughs> um I feel like that's a common story <laughs> but but like Agatha, you mentioned there, there are like things that they get like really, really accurate. And there are things that are just like blatantly wrong. And the things that they get accurate are, are like the things that don't even need to be in here. Right. You're like, yeah, Chinese racism is like a real thing. 
And we are still feeling the repercussions of that. We talked about the model minority myth and, you know, how there is like a ton of resentment against Chinese people, but also that Chinese people are hella racist against other Asians. It's like a thing. Yeah. But like, that doesn't mean it has to be in your fantasy campaign setting. That's another thing. It's like, we want to go for like, and I go back to what I said at the very beginning. And it's like, you don't need to be offended. It's not real. Or it's like, it's not fantasy China. But at the same time, it's like trying very hard to be as like authentic as possible. I say that with air quotes for those listening to the audio version of this. Like it's trying to be as authentic as possible. And it's like, no. It's, it's, there's this really awkward line between authenticity and, you know, like this like fantasy inspiration and the character campaign setting. And honestly, if we, we look at like Alcadim as well, it just, it just goes so, so wrong. Well, like part of that is the problem of authenticity as a concept. Like authenticity is largely determined by the receiving audience more than anything else. And there's a real, um, like the concept of the gaze, uh, that the person doing the looking is the one determining what happens because they want to see certain things. And so authenticity gets wrapped up with that in that this non-Chinese, non-Asian audience is determining what is supposed to be in the setting to make it feel right to them, which often means makes it make it feel weird enough to them that they believe that it's fantasy Asia in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's an exotification. It, it's, yeah. yeah. It's an other, yeah. it's a continuation. It's a continue. Um, it's a continuation of the otherization of what's going on. It, it, pairs really nicely in this terrible cob salad um, with the other ingredients, yeah. Yeah. It's disturbingly striking that the thing that they got most right, quote unquote, is the racism. Like, it says a lot about the perspective of the authors. And it doesn't, like, it says a lot, and a lot of that, like, ain't good. Yeah. Yeah, they... Yeah, it's question. Go ahead, Emma. Yeah. About uh, clan because fam. This sounds more like family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is why, clan isn't yeah. necessarily equivalent to family. It, yeah, this read so much more like the Godfather. Like I was hearing like an Arhu version of like the Godfather theme, and then like, <laughs> turning around in the soul chair, just like you have come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> Well, that oh, I have yeah. arranged <laughs> as yeah. the head of the family. Oh it's uh, here's the thing: like, like clans are like a real thing, right? And mm-hmm. and we we see them today with, you know, um, with like you know, you know, the benevolent associations and things like that. Those are very much like clan organizations. But the thing here that they kind of miss is like, yeah, this is they've described the family plus servants and like and beasts it's like okay pets <laughs> sure um and like your livestock okay they're your property but okay um but they've added like servants sure but if i were to say clan i would have maybe talked about 
you know, interconnected networks of fam- familial allies. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. Like historically in Japan, a clan is not all blood and marriage relatives. There are yeah. multiple families made up of multiple households that all have some sort of social, political pact together. <laughs> like literally, yeah. they they that's to, true because we've. Mm-hmm we have been making an active effort to try to say what we would do better. I think in the first sections, the, the stature and spirit, I, I just get rid of it all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just chuck it. It doesn't need to be here. <laughs> honor is like, if you're going to do this honor thing, I wouldn't have honestly called it honor. And I would have just gone with the concept of face and social interactions and elaborate to great detail because that would actually make for a very interesting role playing. Yeah. Uh, for the clan, First of all, like yeet that last paragraph where it's like, oh, as a DM, fuck with the players. Like oh, that's yeah. basically what they said at the end of this. Um, mm-hmm. I get rid of that. That's just like, I'll chalk that up to old school role playing. But with this clan thing, they could have made it so much more interesting if they had simply said, yeah, you know what? Clans are made of these interconnected families that are bound not only by marriage, but by, you know, treaties and things like that. Or even you could say treaties and reciprocity. You could link it to face. How cool yeah. would that be, right? Yep. Link it to face. And then at the head, don't give it like a, a single person. Don't give it like a tie-tie. Don't give it a tie-tie. <laughs> honestly, oh honest, honestly. God. Yeah, that's, that's, I, the, name, I would that's be, the name of the movie. Tie the tie-tie. <laughs> I would be, I would be oh okay. I, I think it would be hilarious. And also like really, really like, <laughs> I guess it was like mad deja vu if it was just like, a table there's like this great great table with like a lazy mm-hmm. susan in the middle and it's just yep. all the grandmas sitting around it and they control <laughs> everything it was oh, certainly yeah, more authentic right? oh, way so more accurate oh and, and, I think, and i think it would be best, super and, badass and yeah. not to mention the amount of snark and sass being tossed at each other while they're Ugh. while they're serving each other tea and god forbid they're playing mahjong <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Do not bring much into that question. No, 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 no. No, but here's the thing, thing, though. You know how they've kind of talked about like insults. Like you could take this insult thing because people Mm. are kind of always doing that. You know, the old all the grandmas and grandpas are like insulting each other. It's like, oh, yeah, my grandson's a doctor. Oh, (laughs) your grand your granddaughter is only a pharmacist. Like they they do shit. Oh my! my, It's like yeah, like look, like so good. Like, oh, I have a grandson who's a lieutenant in the army now. Ha ha. My daughter yeah. got married to an engineer. To an engineer. <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 I heard that. Oh. I heard that your child has been uh, trying to study for this exam for how long now? How long? How many times oh. have they failed? The bar? And they've all got cats. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah they've all, all got cats. Got cats. <laughs> so yeah. intense. See, this is already so much better, right? You have just like this network of very like, like it could be very, very powerful people. We don't even have to like just say it's all the grandmas. It could just be just powerful people in these families who wield their influence together and against each other, mm-hmm. right? And there's so much room for like interesting intrigue here. And it's really just like, you gotta listen to this one old dude. Yeah. Can I, I call out also... a nugget I did like? Oh, go ahead. Oh I'm yeah. The... No, no, go ahead. I, okay. I'm speaking. Yeah, just, just a nugget I did like. Um, one thing I did appreciate, though, is talking about how those who can't support themselves, the clan is obligated to help them. This is something that I've seen in my personal life. I, I'm part of a fairly large family, and we had an uncle who, uh, honestly, my 
hypothesis is that he has some major undiagnosed anxiety issues and he just he could not work because of being social with people is too much for him um and i saw through my life how my family kind of moved and kind of worked around it and it was seen as a nuisance like you know he wasn't highly regarded due to the problems he had but the family worked very specifically to find a solution um similarly i had a cousin who had some uh, some struggles with addiction and things like that. And, you know, the, we, as a family, we like, we sat down and we're like, okay, what are we doing about this? How are we going to make this work? Uh, and I do think that's very important. Um, Cause that is something that you see in these larger Asian families is we will, and you won't see it, you won't see it outside the family. And that's the big thing is yes, these things are kind of viewed as shameful, but within that context, the family will still marshal their resources and figure out a solution and they will do it internally. No outsider is going to see everything that happened, but the end result will be, we'll figure out a way to make this work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. pretty true because everything that it's usually everything is handled, you know, behind closed doors because I, that that is a part of holding up to your face in a sense of, how you, people perceive you. Um, so, you know, it is a big thing, especially in Chinese culture, where no one should know that you're struggling if you can avoid it. Um, and it can it, it can sometimes be very detrimental. Um, um, so I, th- like this part here for me, I just felt like th- there, like we, like we've already kind of explored is like, there was so much that they could have done differently. And like, it just it just feels really shallow and like a lot of the parts that that are that would that you could hopefully bring in some nuance like it just there's it's not there it's just not there another thing i i do kind of want to counter what you said uh daniel about the dm section where it's like they should use the clans their advantage whenever possible i do see what you mean in terms of like if this if you're running a very tr- uh like standard D campaign then yeah. maybe like if the attitude is the the dm throwing troubles at the players they might f- see it as a an adversarial uh relationship but i do think like actually this could be very interesting like this is i when i read it i didn't see it that way coming from a f- much more like the way that i read it was like a, oh yeah like these are like as a player, I would love to have more like interesting things come up from my background that like um, cause trouble for me because I find that narratively interesting. So I'm not really sure. So I think if we were to if we were to make character better as a supplement book um, in the present, I wonder if that might not be as as troublesome now. You know what so- I mean? Yes and no. So you come at this from like the perspective of being like a story gamer. Um, And something like this, if you were to keep that bit, um, it would have to be a cultural shift in the way that you expect the game to be played. Right. Okay. Um, Okay. Like we're, we're talking about a time when like, you know, Gary Gygax writes like the tube of horrors because people were coming to him at cons and saying that like, Oh, your stuff's too easy. Challenge me. Um, or you, yeah. you're, you're, these books came out at a time when it was meant to be this 
adversarial, almost adversarial relationship between the DM and the players, right? Rather than a back and forth conversation, right? From like your perspective, I get it. Like if this, if I, if your relationship at the table is like, yeah, these are things I want to explore, please do that. Then yes, 100%. But that's not really talked about here. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and yeah. there's like, a, and this is also comes from a pattern. We see this in all of the other AD and D books when they say, "Here's how you can basically fuck with the players." Um, so yeah, but like, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, if you were to keep it, you could be like, "Hey, if you talk with your players about this, here's what you could do," or you can color code it or put certain sections where it's like interesting player interactions, and then do it that way. There's a lot of space to do to do good things with this. It's just, yeah, the 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 '80s mindset was definitely not that. It was not that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I was. I, I'm going to speak as a as a recent generation of uh, TTRPG players and GMs. Like, I was not. Oh, I mean, I've always heard of like, ah, uh, yes, DM versus player, like, or GM versus player, haha, in like a joking context. In but like. I didn't realize that that was a, a real adversarial relationship. Like that sounds pretty yeah. toxic. Yeah, like <laughs> like I have I have a friend like way back in high school, and he was known for just constantly trying to just like kill characters. And like in games, he just if if you disagree with me, like okay, you're dead, and that would be it. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's like that's like a real thing. Like I have seen lots and lots of people like that. Um, I'm in a game right now and it's really funny because like I've talked about it a lot on our discord server. It's like my characters just constantly die. Um, But that's something that I am okay with because I've come to an agreement with our table that like Daniel's characters are cannon fodder in like, in in, like a hilarious way. And it's like, okay, when's Daniel going to die next? And I'm all like, let's see when I die next. But you kind of have to come to that agreement Right. There's yeah. this, like, this is for the power tripping DM. Right. It's yeah. like the players are like the way I see it, it's like, oh, the players are exploring something really interesting and they want to do something. And the GM's like, oh, I didn't plan for this. Okay. Hey, you get a message from your family. You have to come back to the capital, go to work as a tool to kind of drive players where they want the story to go. Right. Yeah. Like like the, the, like that section definitely needs like a little bit definitely needs a rewrite in order to fit to the more to the more current play style that is more affluent, um, especially like the way it's written. It's it's it is very it still has like it harkens a lot of that adversarial uh, mentality, and so I can see this as something that could have belonged to a section that was like player backgrounds and things like that because mm-hmm. that would have made more sense. Like if you yes. made an entire background that was called like clan member okay what does it mean to be a clan member and then it's like you have then this that little bit of like you can you can you have like the benefits of having a a, re- a residence available to you because the clan the, the the clan's home is your home technically and as well as the fact that they can provide you resources if you're if you're struggling with something but also you know it's a, it's a reciprocal inf- it's a it's a it's it, you know you if they decide ha- that there's something needed for the clan, you're, they will ask you to come, and it's not something that you mm-hmm. can't. And, and you and that's where you bring in back the nuance about face. It's like, you know, this is in, this is the reason you would do this is because you're 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 reciprocating all the things that they give you as 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 payment. 
Yeah, there's there's actually like you see this in some modern games too. Like um, Coriolis has yeah. a uh, has an option for certain concepts where you can have like a wealthy family, um, and you can say use your family's wealth or knowledge of your family's wealth to influence social interactions, which is very interesting. That um, is good, right? Yeah. It's 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 really it's really good, but it's all done from a narrative perspective. It's not like you get this bonus when doing this, right? I, right. Like it's I, it's I, all social. Yeah. It's one of the things I do want to, if we were to rewrite this as well, is one thing I would want to add is sort of how the um, the concept of reciprocity and the focus on social social equity and social relationships it comes not just from a place of obligation, but also a place of affection, right? Because in this sorts of relationship, in this sorts of relationships, we you don't do this unless you like the person. You don't do this unless you're on the same page. You don't do this unless you care about them. So I, I think that's also really important because I think um, one of the reasons why uh, things like um, face, et cetera, get like lost in translation when it comes to Western cultures, because there's a lot of emphasis on, um, I think a lot of Western perspectives look at this as like a transactional relationship and less of uh, anything to do with empathy or affection. So I would want to make sure that that is very much represented within the text. Honestly, as a designer, like I see a lot of a lot of fun potential in this clan mm -hmm. space to design. Um, you know, you can build mechanics around it. You can build plot hooks around it. There's so much to work with here, and I, I do think, you know, credit where credit is due. I I think this is a good direction for them to be placing player characters in. Like I think this has a lot of potential in both narrative and mechanics standpoints. Uh, I, I would enjoy building out a system based on this kind of idea of family and clan. I think it would be very interesting. And you see it you see it with L5R, but I don't think L5R necessarily captures the, the tightness of that more close familial unit since their conception of clan is basically a nation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this would be very interesting design space to work with it. Yeah, it's it, because we want to not only like capture the the structure of things, but also the the intimacy of those relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a yeah. lot of really good potential here to dive in deep into. Like, if you're a storytelling kind of GM, like it's a deep. Like, I I, I love delving into feels in my games. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like this is a great opportunity to, you know, yes, you've got the social obligation to your tie tie or whatever, but like you also, there, maybe there's another kind of love there. There's a love there. And I think that, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a hippie because I'm just well, go, but I'm no, like, but there are emotions. Really love into this. Yeah, there are, emotion, there are emotions in this, and not to mention like in a lot of, even in a lot of different Asian stories that involve a clan, there's always the stories about like the clan mates, like the, the, the clan sibling that you basically grew up with. Like those are like great narrative elements that you can still portray. Like it would be like, as Austin said, like if we had, if this was, if we, if we were to expand it, there's a lot of room for for adventure hooks you got uh you got complications with the clan i mean you can do a whole lot with it with in terms of like where you where you sit in the position of the clan because you know it could be about things like the things you do for the clan maybe gives puts you in a better position or your the rest or part of your family in a better position within the clan and 
you know, the other thing is too, I, I'm not going to lie though, in every clan, there's always something about a secret family recipe. <laughs> <laughs> At least one. At least one. That's, yeah. It always yeah. comes back to food though, and how the fact that there's not the acknowledgement of food in this book is, is yeah. frankly the most heinous of all but of the But what about the, what about the 10,000 delicacies? Yeah, what about the, exactly. <laughs> about we that? still managed to make food stupid. I, I, I just wonder, how do you do this? I like see, Emma's I idea. Hoping, yeah. I, well, I'm just hoping the, the 10,000 delicacies is actually like 10,000 different delicacies. Like, like it's basically like an oversized dim sum menu. Oh, that's hundred percent what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, it's either that or it's their terrible re rehashing of the, of a Buddha delight. And I'm really going to be upset even more if it is. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's literally just like one of those restaurants and it, they, they serve like, they have like 100 different sandwiches, except it's 10,000 different Chinese dishes. Uh, or you can make a chart that has I, that number of iterations. Now, now, now I feel really bad. Oh, for yeah. the, now I feel really bad for the cart lady. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. Or you can make, or you can make. I feel like you can make a table, and it was like design your own dish, and you can like roll several times, and it would create a dish for you. Could do it. Yeah. That I mean, way. that's kind of how Taco Bell works, right? They just have the same ingredients, <laughs> and they just try to like configure them in different yeah. ways, and that's how you get like the Nacho Supreme. That's the um, Storm Crow <laughs> approach to burgers, too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of feel like maybe that's how they get 10,000 dishes. It's like the Taco Bell approach. <laughs> oh, the Storm Crow. Roll for vegetables. Roll for vegetables. There's, there's, I mean, a, we, there's a... We there's create a, different tables for, like, carbs. It's like the yeah. Chipotle menu. Yeah. You get, like, carbs <laughs> I mean, the wrapping. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm thinking back to when my family used to own a, ta- uh, a, a takeout, and, like, our our family's takeout had over 65 dishes on that menu. It was four pages long, and, yeesh, there was a lot in there. Yeah. We're, we're like, my my partner and I, like, like once once a month we get, we, we go and get takeout from this place called kanji queen they have a couple of locations in toronto it's real good what i get that what <laughs> the shade coming from Agatha. i feel like what we need is to get kanji queen to sponsor us because every <laughs> single time we're like takeout you're like kanji queen yo kanji queen, yo. <laughs> yo kanji queen iconic toronto chinese restaurant chain uh, but yeah we we get oh we get kanji queen and their menu is just like we just get the usual, but like, I would love like a, a, a food supplement. Honestly, I feel I love like that... their fish, fish kanji. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm always a big fish kanji person. You know what we should do? Mm-hmm. You know what we should do? Cause we're, we're gonna, I feel like next time we should just get Chinese food and, or Asian food. Cause we're mm-hmm. not all Chinese here. And True. for the next <laughs> one, we should, we should, we should get food and have like a lunch and read. Oh, that oh, would be nice. I got, brunch. I got, I got it. A brunch. I got oh, it, yeah. it would be a brunch yeah, for you, Michelle. Yeah, for us Well, good thing my aunt had just prepared a, a huge batch of our family's secret egg rolls. So we always, mm. because it, it, our, I, have, I, have, I have spent but, but my here, entire here, lifetime looking for we'll, better egg rolls. <laughs> but here's what we'll do, though. It, it'll, it will be, we'll take it out of the Asians represent budget, and we can, we can pay for everyone's brunch slash lunch. Um, well, Jack, but Daniel, where are you going to order from? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need an order from anyone. Yo. My family make my yo. family. Yeah, Jackie's just going to eat his 5 a.m. bulgogi. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, yeah. 
<laughs> God, I want bulgogi. There's no, gonna be there are no Korean restaurants. <laughs> I, I think I if could. I think if I say it enough, Conjuquin will sponsor us. <laughs> you're, yeah, it's just, just like you're manifesting it. Yeah, just sending it out there. If you're watching this, call Conjuquin in Toronto. <laughs> Write them a letter. Write them a Tell letter. Them the sponsoration represents. Yo, honestly, if like Panda, what if okay, what if Panda Express came? And I say this specifically because of Michelle. What, what Michelle said. Uh, if Panda Express was like, yo, we want to sponsor Asians represent. What would we say? We want to sponsor the Caratour stream. I don't even know. I don't even know what I'd say. They have I to guess, make a I dish mean, specifically called 10,000 Delights. Or whatever. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10,000 Delights. delights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I would do is negotiate the contract to be like, do we have to say that it tastes good? Or can we just say that we're sponsored by them? Yeah, I'm can not we gonna, just say that we're sponsored by them? Do we have to eat like the food to, on do camera? We to, do we actually have to praise their food? Honestly, if there's yeah, gonna no, be if there's gonna like, be like legit. a food sponsor, it's it's gonna be a like a, a bubble tea sponsor. It's gonna be a boba sponsor. Oh my uh, gosh. That's fair. Heck like like yes. I'll drink it. I'll drink it every stream. Kind I'll of every stream. vaguely know the guys. Get an oasis, uh. I can I can try to head Very up cool. the people who uh, for boba guys in the Bay Area. We see, get, see the place. thing is we have to find one that since most of our audience is in North America, we have to find one that's in both Canada and the U.S. Oh. How, how crazy would that be if we got like an American boba sponsor and like Agatha and I can't even drink it because he can't get it here in Toronto? <laughs> oh. That's a fair point. That's a that fair, that's a fair point. Make me real sad. Or like if we got like a, like a Chow Bus sponsorship. Right. Oh, I what? should. I should. Chow say bus though. is like Chow bus is like uh, uh, yeah. Asian Uber Eats. Yeah. Oh. Do we have it in. Toronto? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Oh. Mm. And they always have good deals. Um, that nice. said, that said, we, ha <laughs> we have we have gone one and a quarter pages today. Yeah, we did. Yes, under under promise, over deliver. One and a quarter pages today. So to 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 kind of do an overview, we've gone over the spirit of the show, the stature of the show, the honor of the show, and the clan. We would completely cut out the spirit and stature sections because yes. they trash. We would reframe the honor section to be one about like face reciprocity, things like that, and the clan one, we would basically say no this is what a clan actually is or and just kind of like change how it's structured because i feel like the clan one was the one that is most easily salvageable um, yeah, out of these like, four or sort of like have family and clan yeah as or slightly yeah. separate well, things right talk about the dynamics of family in a clan and as well as family the the the, the inter-family dynamics inside of that so it's like yeah you get that yeah, I'm making, making an adventure like party all different families within the same clan too would be really cool. Oh, super cool. yeah. <laughs> all right, you could start if you said you start your adventure and then everyone's from a different family and they each have their own agendas. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's actually yo, really cool. That'd be really that's cool. That's like the web because... novels I've been reading. <laughs> yes. Agatha's on board if we do it that way. Oh heck yes! So, I, I want to write this adventure now. Like, just like make everyone, everyone part of like the same clan. So like everyone knows each other's grannies, and they yep. know like which ones they really don't. You're want to the favorite. Off. You're the yeah. favorite. You're the golden child. I, I, You're I the pharmacist. Lie, though, I, I won't. I won't lie though. I actually am the uh, most favorite grandchild. Oh, me all too. My, all the, 
So uh, unfortunately, like all my cousins are like, why are you getting treated better? Because I was the first and I'm still the first. I'm the first. <laughs> I, I, I am the first son's first son. Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's I'm, how that works. Yeah. I'm not because I'm not my a... little sister because yeah. she had all of these positive traits that were like a boy. Um, yeah. and grandma just didn't say much about me. So uh, my mom, my mom is the like my mom was the the first child, and she is the most loved by the family because she's the eldest and the most responsible. And my f- grandfather always says that he regrets that she wasn't born a man. <laughs> my, I feel like there's like I feel like there's like an interesting party dynamic that you could do with our revised character show oh yeah show lung clan that we should do in the future but right now we have to focus on fish in the fog yeah our yes. our comedy noir, noir. <laughs> comedy noir set yes. in wakan the land that looks at japan <laughs> uh, am i the token human or do we have uh I think you're, you're still the token human. Yeah, I think you're the token human. Token human. Because okay, <laughs> so I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a literal crab. I'm a crab. I'm a, Emma's a squirrel. I'm a human sized squirrel. Yeah, human sized squirrel. Uh, oh, Jackie, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Jackie, where are you? You're you're. Tra- I'm a turtle. You're, you're a turtle. I'm a, I'm a turtle person. <laughs> and then Austin, I, you're a human. Agatha, yeah. what did you end up being? I I chose lizard folk, but I'm imagining like a salamander. Oh yeah, uh, so, yeah. So not the gecko, Geico, uh, Geico gecko, rather. Geico gecko. The Geico gecko. You the commercials, Agatha. The Geico gecko. The one who saves twenty percent of your car insurance. <laughs> you never see those commercials. Oh, Geico sponsorship coming. Okay, oh, Geico. No. No. <laughs> no, get that Geico money. Get that they Geico might, honestly, money. Like they do some weird shit with their marketing. <laughs> It, That's it, true. It's an interesting marketing campaign. I won't lie. Again, like I, I feel like we'll hit peak podcast. If we get a bubble tea sponsorship, if we get a bubble yeah. tea sponsorship, that's like, we made it, fam. Okay, but real yeah. question: between a bubble tea sponsorship and a Kanji Queen sponsorship, Kanji Queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the truth has been stated. Here's the thing, though. But like, from like a, a logistical perspective, Kanji Queen. If our if our if it was like, if our audience was like all in Toronto. Then yeah, Kajiku would be like the logical one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, our audience is like is global. Yeah, we but, need like, like Cha Time to sponsor us. Yeah, we like Cha oh, Time yeah. would be one that I would go. Oh, uh, I would. Yeah, I would. I would dig a Cha. Right, because I feel like that's everywhere, right? Cha Time's everywhere. Yeah, Cha Time does here. seem to be. Yeah, they're everywhere. Well, Florida's. Well, Florida is Florida. Oh, it's so Florida. We don't talk about it. Florida, um, the Australia of the United States. I will reiterate we don't that lie, joke. We, I've we never heard that joke, it. and I think that's hilarious. I came up I, with, like, I said it early in the stream because it just came to me. Yeah, so. no, like, 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 people say that to me all the time, and then not to mention, I actually, we, me and an actual Australian compared notes on trying to out, on trying to one-up each other on how dangerous our countries, our relative places are. <laughs> I feel like animal-wise, Australia is more dangerous, but you don't yes. hear, like, Australian man, but you hear Florida man. I think. Yeah. Thing is well, like, I mean, Florida Man is technically its own beast of nature, so you know. <laughs> oh, okay. I, but the thing about Australia is that a lot of the wildlife that is considered dangerous there kind of occurred or evolved naturally, whereas like Florida, you have like literal <laughs> gators invasive. addicted to meth. Like <laughs> that's that's, that's not true. natural. 
I feel like there's like a campaign setting there and it's like meth addicted gators are going to be in your monster manual. You're going to have your Burmese so, python. The stature of the so, Florida man. So, and instead, so and instead, and instead <laughs> of like, so funny, it, so, yeah. instead so of the enough, ranger, you have like the professional hunter so who goes enough, after Palladium did Palladium did a Florida setting for riffs. I've read that thing. It is it is wild. <laughs> we actually set our wild. first uh, Valor actual play in uh, in Florida <laughs> in our modern fantasy setting. Like yeah. there was there was a Disney World and everything that they went to. I I remember when That's JoJo wild. when the JoJo manga like they did the they did the panel where they shows Port St. Lucie and I'm like that does not represent the actual Port St. Lucie at all. Where did you get this image? It is not Port St. Lucie. See. Jackie got like real angry at this depiction of Florida. <laughs> I know because they were like depicting Port St. Lucie as like this modernized, high sky rising city, and I'm like, it is not that high. Okay, I was about to say, I was about to, like, is this the first time Jackie's going to defend Florida on the street? I have. I like that I, we, I, I, we started with to, Florida. We'll end with Florida. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so said, true. Full circle. That said, it is. Uh, we have reached our two hour mark. We not only read a page but we read a page and a quarter uh so i'm very proud of us i honestly i thought like i love doing this uh, every month and i'm happy that we got to talk about this on like yes. asian heritage month because i think that's super super important um mm-hmm. but yeah socials are on screen or in the podcast notes uh jackie's got a kickstarter campaign that is currently going on right now what's it called again jackie eldritch sands I was gonna, and you I, can find it on Kickstarter, and it is a uh, sci- it is a post apocalyptic uh, arcane punk setting, and it's based very heavily sp- inspired by seventies and eighties sci fi, uh, things like Bubblegum Crisis, and uh, you got things like magic mech suits, uh, domed cities in a desolate wasteland, and you also have um, terrible eldritch horrors that lie in the machines. <laughs> Sick. And if you just go to eldritchsands.com, you'll be taken to the campaign. As of the this live stream slash recording, it is 50% funded with 28 days to go. Ooh. So go fund that. The art looks yeah. dope. Can't wait for y'all to do it. Um, if, you're, if you've just tuned in, don't worry. This will be on YouTube the following Wednesday and our podcast feed as well. We've got some dope stuff coming up. Uh, next week on Friday, we are going to be revisiting Strixhaven on the wrap up. I'm sorry, <laughs> Michelle. Yep. Sorry, but you told me to wait. You said you said, "Can we no, do no, next no. Friday?" Yes, yes, and I I thank you for that. Um, I think it's good to sort of have those feelings and sort of sit on them for a little bit um, and, and really develop some thoughts. But yes, we're going to be returning to Strixhaven. Sigh. <laughs> sigh. Big, big and then sigh. later, And then later we'll demonstrate how to do a magical school that doesn't suck. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah so, that's a great, great, great. Oh, well done. Austin. Austin. Well done. Ooh, yeah. Content. Content. Hashtag content. content. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I'm super excited for, for, for all of the stuff that we've got going on this month. Um, 
y'all y'all are awesome if you are you know watching on youtube and you want to see our podcast feed because we've got a whole bunch of content that is just never going to be on youtube or never going to be on twitch um asians represent is available on itunes spotify google podcasts uh you can find all of that at aznsrepresent.com uh we also have a simple cast link which is where everything is hosted through the one shot network uh that's aznsrepresent.simplecast.com uh Jackie, Austin, Emma, Michelle, and Agatha's co-host. Thank you for, you know, this Saturday morning slash afternoon. I'm very excited that we got through this. Next time on Asians Read Caratour, we'll have food. Ed will be reading The Way of Work. Yeah, it's a long section. It's, it's a, a very long, long section. section. Wow. Yeah. We, yeah, we, 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 we are, are almost done with this like chapter or whatever it's called. So like we've got like a page and a half to go. I think we can do it. I believe in us. And then oh, we're going to get to social customs. Oh, and, and then we'll get, get to this way. <laughs> and also this really weird picture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got this art to deal with over here. That's going to be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm excited because then we're going to get back into martial arts. So I suspect, I wonder if we'll have to grab another guest for this one. We'll figure something out. Um, but yeah, thank you folks for tuning in. Y'all are awesome. And uh, we'll see you next month. First Saturday of every month. We stream this yeah. live. And you know, check yeah. out this crew because they appear on other Asians represent things. Y'all are awesome. Bye everybody. Take care. Yeah.